back to On the Block with Strick and Nate on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Happy Wednesday, hump day to all of you. My name's Nate Brennan. He's the Husker Hall of Famer, nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. You're listening to 93.7 The Ticket. We're coming in hot. That is absolutely correct. We want you to come in hot, too. 402-464-5685. Honda Blinken Hotline, Starter Heyman text line. You can also check us out on the Starter Heyman Jewelers video stream. Facebook, YouTube. Twitch, Twitter, give us a like, subscribe, share, follow, all that good stuff. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you. Also want to give a shout-out to Mary Ellens. They are open and ready to serve you. Charles and his crew do a great job over there. I recommend the pulled pork sandwich. It's my go-to. You're going there today. Catfish. I was about to say, I know Strick's going to Mary Ellens, so maybe you'll see Strick there because uh, he will be there right after the show. So definitely something to keep in mind. We're going to head to the Honda Lincoln Hotline where we've got Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald. Evan, how you doing? You guys got me hungry. Talk of <laughs> brisket, catfish, my goodness. Oh, Sounds yeah. Good. Yeah, next time you're down in Lincoln, we'll have to take you to Mary Ellen's. It's the place to be. Uh, Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald, joining us. Uh, Evan, w- we've been talking about it pretty extensively this week. Uh, we'll get some of your thoughts on it, but if you just want to run me through, where where does Nebraska stand right now with the transfer portal? I know it's it's about as chaotic as it possibly could be. We've already seen, uh, I believe now we're up over 10 Huskers transfer once we go through bowl season and, and over the next month or two, where do you kind of expect that number to be at and look like? Well, I think that's one of the big questions with with Matt Rule and what this program is going to be in year one. Because you know, you think about the rebuilds that he had at Temple and at Baylor; those were all about stacking recruiting classes, developing young players, and then they took off in year three in both places. Now. Right. The, the portal was not in existence when Matt Rule went. Not, I mean, not really. Not in its in its current iteration when he went to the NFL after that 2019 season. So, you know, he has to, to make a decision. Do you continue with the blueprint that you had that worked at those previous stops? Or do you dip more into that portal and maybe bring in a guy or, or, or guys who have a couple years of eligibility left or three years or what, one year? Uh, it does. It, it changes sort of that discussion about how how you can develop guys and, and have them in your program for a while. So, you know, to this point, we've seen them make five transfer portal offers that we know of, right. uh, whether that's Keegan Johnson, the receiver from Bellevue West, or just today they offered uh, this, this C.J. Dupree from Maryland, who was a pretty good tight end for them. So uh, clearly they're they're going into it somewhat, and you have to. I think, you know, you look at teams like Iowa last year who who really didn't go into the portal at all, and you see that that really puts you at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. But you have to walk that line, I think, if you're Nebraska. And the other thing that this sort of reminds you is how much of a relationship business college football can be, too, because a lot of these players uh, that are going somewhere else are going to schools and, and more specifically going to coaches who they built relationships with in the recruiting process the first time. Uh, we're seeing that with a couple other transfers that Nebraska's reached out to. They were maybe uh, offered by Matt Rule and his staff at Temple or at Baylor or things like that. So, you know, I think we'll see some transfer portal action. Certainly we've seen 
uh, a lot on the outgoing side. Now you've got 10 scholarship players that have right. left since Black Friday after Jamari Butler goes in today, the edge rusher. So, you know, I think a lot of that's just sort of the, the way that the sport is right now. But again, um, it'll be fascinating to me. The, the question is how heavily does Nebraska lean into that portal? Because you could go sort of the, the path that they did last year and bring in 15 to 20 guys if you wanted to do that. Or you could be really selective and, and bring you know three or four. I, I personally think they'll probably split the difference somewhere, maybe in that 8 to 10 range uh, of guys at some positions that you need. But it's tough to project, too, because, I mean, go through the roster and tell me a position you feel like Nebraska is set at, and I don't think it exists. So I think anybody that they feel like that, that can come in and be a quick starter uh, is somebody you at least have to look at. Man, look at you, Evan, <laughs> always taking my you know, good questions. Yeah, right. You get ahead of me. <laughs> and and that was one of the things I was going – it's a two-part question. You know, what is most important, do you think, Evan, with, with uh, the new rules – of engagement nice. that are coming into Nebraska, and um, is, is it is retention most important, or is improvement like, like you just said in the transfer portal? Now, second part of that question is what being that we don't know the style, Evan, are you think we're in the queue for a potential quarterback? You know, you've got you know DJ out there and then you've got guys like Caden Slovis you've got JT Daniels is that are there some ones that quick patch fixes because I just don't know if our quarterback room is what rule is trying to implement well the, the quarterback piece is interesting I mean Strick I, I think Casey Thompson's got to be your first priority he's mm-hmm. somebody who uh, you know, who has shown what he, what he can do last year. You have a whole year of tape. I know, you know, I talked to Casey when he watched Matt Rule's press conference, uh, you know, a week or so ago and, and said that they had already met a couple of times and they knew each other a little bit when Casey Thompson was at Texas and Matt Rule was at Baylor. They actually faced off a couple of times. They, they met during the recruiting process out of high school too. So there's some uh, history there. I think there's mutual respect. I know Casey Thompson, you know, as we got to know him this year, is a, a film junkie, lives lives in the film room, loves football, right. and I think he's recognized those traits in Matt Rule, too. I think they can sort of, uh, you know, be, be two peas in a pod in that regard. So I think that's probably your first step. And, and again, Casey Thompson's making good NIL money. He's liked it here. He has a year of eligibility left. Um, you know, the NFL is something I suppose he could still pursue after this year. Um, you know, with another good season. So we'll see how that goes. But I, I do think either way, Nebraska's got to go into the portal. Now, whether that's going into the portal to find a new starter, the way that they did last year when they when they got Casey Thompson, or whether that's going into the portal um, more the Chubba Purdy route and, and trying to find somebody who can be, you know, a quality backup and somebody that you can maybe develop over two or three years. That's, I, I suppose, a different question. But I just don't think there's any way you can stand pat when you look at this this sort of compilation of quarterbacks they have, I mean, you have a guy in Logan Smothers who was recruited under Frost's um, sort of dual-threat spread scheme. You have Purdy, who was brought in by Mark Whipple last year, mm-hmm. and now he's gone. Right. So, you know, you have, you have a number of different players, a number of different backgrounds. Uh, I would not be surprised if they bring in at least one quarterback uh, to provide depth. I, I think that's probably your ideal scenario for year one with Matt Rule is you've got Casey Thompson back and then maybe uh, somebody else out of the portal to help provide that depth. Who who um, in the wide receiver core, if Trey Palmer decides to bounce and remain in the draft, 
Uh, we know that he has entered in. Who who would you envision coming back uh, without or coming in would 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 be the one that you would be looking to to be your number one? Who do you think, Evan? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think Palmer's pretty well gone. I mean, that's I think that's safe to say. He declared, and, and he was the reason he was here was Mickey Joseph, and so you know I, I think he he put enough on tape to show that. He can be an NFL player, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we've already seen some attrition at that spot. I think Alante Brown is probably a guy who feels like he could take another step forward. Um, you know, it's another position, quite honestly, where they're going to have to go to the portal. There just there aren't a lot of proven pass catchers on the team, and you know what? That's okay at that position. I mean, you think about the last couple of cycles where they get Smory Toure, who uh, turns into an NFL pick. Uh, from Montana, you get a guy in Trey Palmer last year who comes in and sets the school single-season receiving yards record, and now he's going to assuredly get drafted here next spring. And so, because it's a young group, positions in the portal that are easier and more difficult to recruit, I think history has shown the last two or three years in college football at large, and certainly at Nebraska, the receiver and, and some of those skill positions are a place where you can turn things around pretty pretty quickly and you know it's still early in this process we've only gone you know three days now since the portal opened up to everybody so i think there's a good chance that even if nebraska does find somebody out of the portal and i think they will uh there's a good chance that person isn't even in the portal yet at this point maybe they they play through their bowl game or they um you know kind of assess their options moving forward but i mean there's no doubt it's, it's a position for nebraska that's been had a lot of turnover in the last few years it's had a number of different position coaches um and i think it, it needs remaking again um we don't really even know who the the receivers coach is going to be at this point so i think there are a lot there are a lot of unknowns there but again luckily for nebraska the portal with receivers that's one spot where you can address a deficiency pretty quickly evan bland omaha world herald join us evan you, you bring up the receiving coach and we're starting to see this coaching staff shape up a little bit. It looks like Donovan Royal is also going to be retained. What do you make of this coaching staff so far? And what do you make especially, too, of, of Donovan Royola, despite the struggles last season on the offensive line? Uh, he will be the, the offensive line coach in Nebraska moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned it on your guys' show last week. I mean, I, I said then I would be surprised if, if Royola was that full-time guy. And so, yeah, I, I, I honestly was surprised where – where they elect to, to go with, with uh, Raiola as the guy moving forward. I mean, um, like you said, it, the, the O-line struggled last year, um, and it, it's just so hard to assess from the outside um, You know, the performance of an assistant. Like how, how much of that the O-line struggles were just the, simply the personnel? How much of it was uh, you know, it, it maybe guys playing that, that he uh, did or didn't want to play? Like there, there are just a lot of different things that go into that. Um, what, what I find interesting with Matt Rule and those hires, and I, I think you could put Rayola into the category, is that he has been a guy during his decade as a head coach who's really leaned heavily on bringing in young, energetic assistants. I mean, you're talking about their, their uh, defensive backs coach, their defensive line coach. Those guys are both in their mid-30s. Um, you know, Rayola is about to turn 40. The running backs coach, E.J. Barthel, and his, is in his late 30s. So, you know, Rule has a track record of, of identifying something in these young coaches and, and then bringing them along. And, and right. by the way, you look, at, you look at his history, a lot of the times he actually hits on these guys yeah. and they go on to some bigger and better things. Yeah. So, you know, I suppose I'm still in the camp of 
uh, you know, Rule clearly has a vision. He has a, a plan of what he wants to do, and if Rayola fits that, I think it'll be really fascinating to see how that develops. Um, but you know, I think there's sort of an element too of of uh, you know maybe baggage from the previous staff where you just kind of think, oh man, if this guy was hired by that staff, then there's no way you can keep him around. But uh, you know, Rule again clearly sees something in Rayola to keep him around, and I, I think it'll be fascinating to see that play out. But again, I think the larger point there is the hires that he's made fall in line with with what he's done at those yeah the visions yeah um last thing indiana they go to assembly hall the husker basketball team heads out to assembly hall today um this after this evening to play the indiana hoosiers and uh it's going to be a tough physical game What, what what do you think the prospect of having a letdown is for this husker team or do you think they're mature enough to hopefully go in there and 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 make some noise Man, isn't that a crazy uh, discussion? A week ago, it was like, oh boy, here we go with with three top fifteen teams. Yeah, what's what's that going to look like? And all of a sudden, Nebraska beats Creighton, and you know, it'll be interesting, right? Because you could you can sort of make the case either way. Is it is this a team that coming off a big win uh, gets full of itself and, and sort of comes off that emotional high and can't sustain that, or is this a team that finally, after years of looking for that signature win? Pulls, pulls through and sort of develops some confidence and gets some momentum going. And I think that's possible given that this is a little bit of an older team. I mean, it's, it's just been remarkable to see what, what, what the impact of Derek Walker has been on this club. You know, I, I think Purdue, uh, the, the next game down the road is a different animal just because of their size. But I, I just don't think there's any reason why Nebraska can't at least hang with Indiana, even being on the road in a hostile environment against a team that uh you know is one of the big 10 contenders so i think that the psychological piece for this one is just as interesting to me as sort of the x's and o's because you know again how long has it been really since we've seen nebraska with a big early season win and and even have a chance to respond off it it's just been a long time so again i think it's an older team uh which sort of plays into into the the, the, the thinking that maybe they will be able to sort of maintain um, that momentum that they've had. But, yeah, it's it's amazing that <laughs> how different the tone is after that win against Creighton, man. I, I think in some ways you get that monkey off your back and everything else just sort of allows you to play free and take a breath and, and move forward and, and strict. You know it, I mean, better than anybody. Like when you're playing loose and free is was when you're playing your best basketball. And maybe that Creighton win helped unlock something for Nebraska moving forward. Evan, you know it all. You can do it all. If people want to get more great content from you, how can they do so? Yeah, same as always. Omaha World Herald, Omaha.com, uh, at Evan Bland, O-W-H. And the, the, the fun just continues. Oh, yeah. um, volleyball coming up here in a couple of days, too. All kinds of fun stuff going on. Evan, we appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. All right, there he goes. Evan Blaine, Omaha World Herald. Great stuff, as always. Again, we throw everything at him, and he always knows it. Baseball, basketball, football. Maybe we'll try and stump him next week, Strick. We'll see. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Evan Bland knows it all. Omaha World Herald. We appreciate him, as always. And we appreciate you because Strick is once again on a losing streak. Hopefully, you guys can keep that going. 402-464-5685. Honda Lincoln Hotline. Give us a call because Shootout with Strick comes up next right here on the block. 93.7 The Ticket.